Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Debbie. How are you today? I'm, I'm good. I'm tired today. I've been running around like a crazy woman. I know, and it's still early, and you've already, yeah. I mean, I've already been to the gym, and I've already, you know, done yeah. some chores around the house, and I've already done some busy stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, and you're, you look always so much more put together than me. <laughs> but you work well, your butt off. I'm actually getting ready, after we do this, I have to go do physical work where I'm going to get dirty, so I didn't want to, you know. You're okay. You look so, fabulous. So, you know, anyway. you look fabulous. But today's a special day for both of us. Today is a special day, so should we say happy birthday? day yes. to you or happy mother's day to you kind of How should we kind, kind of, of both? both yeah we we both have a child a child that was born on March 24th. That's correct. Now, how old is yours? Uh, my daughter is turning 34 today. Okay, and my son is turning 37. Yeah, so, so I have a son that turned 35 last week, and my daughter turned 34 today. And so they're just one year and one week apart. Okay. I was fingers crossed, or perhaps legs crossed, <laughs> <laughs> hoping to keep her inside of me yeah. after her brother turned one, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so that I wouldn't have two kids in the same you know, who were the same age even for a day. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's I I celebrate her, all that she's accomplished, all that she has um, uh, survived, mm-hmm. and all that she has um, built. Mm-hmm. You know, in her yeah. beautiful yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and same with my my son. So your son. So, so she was my baby. Um, okay. My 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 third baby. My third one. So yeah. she's my baby. Right. Yours He's is my- your oldest. He's my first. Yeah, yes. your first. So yeah. you had never had a child before this. So what was yeah. what was labor and delivery like for you? How well, was it? Was it everything you expected? Uh, no, <laughs> it actually was not. And, and you know, I tell this story, I've told it before, and, and women look at me with, you know, looks of death because um, <laughs> I had basically with both of my kids, but even more so with Zach, just the a very easy time. So, you know, I, uh, I being your first, you don't know what labor feels like. Right. And, and you hear that you're going to start having contractions and this and that. But you have no idea what that feels like until you've lived it. <laughs> you don't know what that feels like. Exactly. So um, at the time, this was 1985, my sister, uh, who just moved back to town, she lived in Fresno. Or she didn't live in Fresno then, but I'm pretty sure she did live here then. Because she, she lived here a little bit when she was younger. A little bit here, a little bit in the Bay Area, kind of, a, you know. So she was here, and we decided, and I was I was pregnant. I mean, I was near my due date. Yeah. But it was no big deal to me. Yeah. We decided that we would go up to um, Sky Harbor and lay out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you're laying out in the sun in March, 
um, yeah. which it which listen today is going to be close to ninety degrees, so it can be pretty warm yeah. I mean, in March. We just thought we would go up to the lake and just right. get and some. And so Sky Harbor is the lake, is one the of lake. our local lakes. Yeah, okay. it's, it's about a thirty minute drive yeah. or so from here, and it's it's easy. There's no, it's not big hikes or anything. You just basically drive your car yeah. and walk over to the edge of the water. <laughs> exactly. You know, lay out your you blanket. You can literally park at the you edge of the li- water. Literally park. <laughs> So, you know, it's not like we're doing anything stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there, and I had been having, but didn't think anything of it. I had been having these these weird pains in the tops of my thighs. Wow. Like, like just weird little, like, funny little tingle sensation would kind of come across the top of my thighs. And, um, wow. Just, I don't know. <laughs> so, we got there, and this sin- the hypochondriac <laughs> that is you dismissed. Well, it didn't, which I think is I, delightful. I didn't, I didn't. It wasn't in my belly, right? <laughs> so, so this kind of sensation thing kind of started getting stronger. Wow! And but it, it wasn't painful. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna say it would be like. Like, or something. She's just putting some pressure on my yeah, hand. Yeah, like, like, just a like, pre- like, like, like a, a hard handshake. Like a squeeze or <laughs> okay. something. Uh, uh, but right here. In the inner on, thigh. On, on the top of my on legs. On the top. On the okay. top. Not on the inner. On okay. the top of my legs. Not in my back. It wasn't back labor. <laughs> you, no, it was right here. Yeah, yeah. So my sister says, well, maybe we should, should go down the hill and just check things out. <laughs> How long had you been at the lake at that point? A couple hours. Okay. Okay. You know, and it was about three o'clock. Okay. So we head was down. Was it a warm March day? Yeah, was? it okay. was. Okay. So we head down the hill and we get over. At the time I was working for my aunt and uncle, so I had a key to their house and their house was close. So we, there was no cell phones, you know. Right, of course. So we went into their house and uh, called, I called Dr. Gavin and he said, you know, you just probably ought to go over to the hospital, just get checked out, just make sure everything's fine, just go over to St. Agnes. Okay. So I did. Okay. <laughs> and you didn't call your husband? I did. Or he, you did? Ro- okay. Uh, he was at Roger Rocca's. Oh, okay. Greg was at the music hall. Okay. And, Getting uh, ready to work that yeah, night? Because he was, he was he, a waiter he, he at the time. He was the uh, restaurant manager Oh, at the restaurant time. manager. Okay. And, and so I get in there, and they examine me. Well, I was... Like dilated to six. <laughs> I mean, I was in labor. Yeah, I yeah, was. Yeah. I was dilated to six. Yeah, and they're like, "Girl." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, five hours later, I had Zach. They had oh. to break my water. I my water hadn't broken. Um, I had no drugs. Yeah. It, I mean, I, like people hate me when I tell them that I was at the lake. Yeah, and just then enjoying your day. Five hours later, I had a baby. Yeah. I mean, who does that happen to? <laughs> well, I, I think I can top that story, though, with my second son. Okay. So not the, not the baby whose birthday it is today, but my second son, he, I was in labor all night long, and I could feel the labor all night. And I was waking up, I was sleeping, and then waking up, and I'm like writing it down, because I wanted to keep an eye. And I but could, you knew you were in but labor. But I knew I was in labor. I knew I was in labor. Because you had already... Because I had already had yeah, a baby, yeah, okay. so I had already had my oldest. Um, so I knew I was in labor, so I'm just kind of writing it down to see how close they are. 
But with my oldest, I'd gone to the hospital, and then they sent me home okay. and said, you know, come back when they're stronger or whatever. And I'm like, I but this is pretty strong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to be sent home. So with the second one, I'm just like, I'm just going to. waiting it out. I'm just kind of waiting it out, right? So we, we go, we go and drop off my oldest son at grandma's house so that he can kind of hang out there. Then we went to this little cafe, Lions. Do you remember Lions? I do. We went to Lyons because that's where my husband's mother worked at the mm-hmm. time. And so we're like, we're going to have just a bowl of fruit. I don't want to eat anything crazy because clearly I'm going to have a baby today. And so we go there and we're waiting for the doctor's office to open so that we can be checked out at the doctor's office because I don't want to go to the hospital until it's time, right? Right. right. So we, we have a little bit of fruit. I remember eating some pineapple and some strawberries. And we said to her, you know, we're, we're in labor, so when you get off work, you might want to check in with us over at the hospital because we'll probably have a baby. And she's like, oh, this is so exciting. Yeah. She's very dramatic. And um, so we uh, went to the doctor's office who said... Okay, so here's the deal. I want you to go straight to the hospital and don't stop for a hamburger, and I will be right behind you. Because at that point, I was dilated to nine. (gasps) Nine. Holy hell. I had no idea. My water hadn't broken. I had no idea that I, I knew I was in labor, but it wasn't terribly painful. It was just regular labor. So I went to the hospital and we, as as we're walking across the street to get to the main door, I remember having to stop in the road and just go, okay, just, just, I hear, I'm, I'm, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we get in, they put me in a wheelchair and then they roll me up and they take me upstairs. And within 40 minutes he was born. And in fact, uh, the doctor had me sit up and pull my own baby out of my body. So that was my birth experience Yay, with number girl. two. Um, and the, But number three, the one whose birthday it is today, that was a planned C-section. I had a few little complications with her, just just a few, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. So I knew exactly what day I was going to okay. have her oh, and all that. Okay. But I just remember them folding folding her in half and sticking her little booty right in my face (laughs) and just said look it's a girl because I wanted a girl you know I did want a daughter so badly yeah yeah and um so you know that was that was how we welcomed in baby number three you know but I think that you know birth stories are are really good little picture of mm-hmm. life. Yeah. You know, it's easy for us to tell people how to how to live their life based on our experience. Right. It's easy for us to go, "Oh, no, no, no. When you go into labor, this is going to happen and this is going to happen." Right. But my labor story, all three of them are completely right. different than yours, right. than your two right. labor stories. Well, because we're well, all different. and you did have a, a miscarriage as well and mm-hmm. so you have that experience as well and we are we're all different and i think it's important for us to remember mm-hmm. that every story is different right. whether it's a labor story or a conversion story or yeah. a weight loss journey yeah. or a health journey we all have a story we all have a, a lot of stories actually yeah. i was thinking about that the other day john and i were having a conversation and we were just talking about, you know, human beings and just how we all have 
a story. Yeah. And I, th- there's all these different organizations now that are, you know, will c- collect your stories and yeah. you can put them on tape and then they'll they'll transcribe them into written form and you can write, you know, stories of your loved ones down and after you interview them and, you know, but story, they're important. It's yeah. important to hear the human stories, you I know? know. And I, that reminds me, I have a, and, and I wonder if we still have it. I remember a cassette tape. My grandparents used to turn on their little cassette player mm-hmm. and record phone conversations that they would have with their brothers and sisters who Ooh. lived in other states. So we're talking about late 60s. Early that 70s. would be a fun cassette to find if, if it was even still intact. Yes. And so I remember mm-hmm. listening to it and listening to my grandmother go, oh, so the weather, how's the weather? Oh, really? Well, hail lead. That just sounds amazing. <laughs> and she's just, you know, and hail lead, that's something that my, my German ancestors said a lot. And so this is, it means like, oh my goodness, yeah. apparently. In uh, German. Okay. I'm, What's the word again? Heitlied. Heitlied. <laughs> well, that means like, I'm, what the heck? I, I probably just said a swear word. <laughs> I probably did too. I mean, I this is what I grew up believing. People out there who are speaking, who speak German are like, no. They're all just cussing at us. <laughs> Apparently, my great-grandmother's last words were, Heitlied. I sound like a cow. <laughs> that was her last, as she woke herself up snoring and then passed away within a, a, a day or two. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, happy birthday to our yeah, children. Yeah, happy birthday yeah, to our children. Yeah. And happy story. You yeah. know, you, I'm sure that when you held your son in your arms, you had all these visions of what life would be like, not I only did. with him, but for him. I did. I sure And I I'm sure that did. you had dreams and plans um, how how in line has have has has he lived his life according to your plans? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> well, in in some ways, um, he and I are pretty super similar, and and um, but he chose a path that I would have never chosen for him, and he went into the military, mm-hmm. and I I knew he was had an interest in that, but. I had no idea he was just going to do it one day. And one day he just showed up and said, Mom, I'm leaving. I'm going to basic training. I've joined. And he joined the Marines. Wow. And so he served in... Did you um, have a little bit of a freak out? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Well, and, and you know, at the time, my my um, my husband and I were, at the time, were going through hard things. And um, we separated soon after. And so it was really hard to be separated knowing I was going to be getting divorced and also having a son overseas in danger potentially so I I, it was a it was a very very hard couple years for me he you know he was able to keep in contact with me kind of and I had at the time um I had a really great support group of it was actually parents of students in my school at the time and they would bring donations and every couple months I would gather all this stuff up and and we would ship him a box and it would go to his unit. Yeah. There would be cookies and whatnot in there for for him. Of course. Things that reminded them of home. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was was important for him to do. And um, I actually had a conversation with him yesterday. And, you know, this, this war is hard. The war that's happening now in Ukraine and he 
you know, he's thought about re-enlisting and, Hmm. but I, you know, he's, he's married now and his life is now headed in a different direction, but he thinks about it. And, you know, um, it makes me think about young men who want to serve and knowing that they could be giving their lives and just, it, it puts into perspective, you know, on a more personal level, just all the people who have given their lives for freedom and for good causes. And so, so, you know, he's got that side to him that, um, I'm very proud of. Um, he's very, very smart. And I mean, I think that we've talked about this on the podcast. I, I didn't understand and still don't, you know, a lot of technical, tech stuff and I wish I would have recognized I guess I could say this in the same way that I wish my parents would have recognized my musical abilities and tried to foster them as a young kid I wish I would have recognized my son's technical abilities um, as a young kid and, and tried to foster those things more I recognized it when he got into high school but I think in grammar school and stuff, I think he was, there were times where he was bored. I don't think he was being challenged. He, he had these other interests and I didn't know. And at the time it wasn't necessarily, I mean, nowadays, you know, you put a kindergarten in coding. I know. Is your kindergartner learning to code? (laughs) (laughs) They are not getting the, you you know, uh, I mean, proper education if they're not learning how to code. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the times were different, but, you know, there's that little bit of a thing in me where I wish I would have been able to see that more in him. Because you and his dad were both artists, mm-hmm. and you were both involved in church ministry. And yeah. so there were things that you were very, yeah. I mean, this was like your whole world. So to have this little outlier yeah. as a kid, yeah. that was probably hard to recognize at the it time. It was hard to yeah. recognize those. I, I get it. That giftedness that he does have. And, and, and he's actually managed to find it on his own. And, and you know, he's taking classes, and he's a lot self-taught, but that's what the industry he's working in now. He does computers and all this stuff. So, yeah. so um, and he's got a lovely wife, and they've got these lovely dogs and cats, and, and so, yeah. So right, I'm actually going to get to see him in a couple of weeks. So oh, I'm good. I'm excited When you that. travel, so you can do a little yeah. traveling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that it's it's very true that as parents, you kind of have this idea that your child, you know, they've come into your world. Yeah. And so you're just going to make uh, them be little make me. Them be, yeah, that's right. <laughs> because this is the world that they're growing up in. So surely this is the world that they're going to embrace. Right. And it's really, it can be really challenging as a parent to watch your child leave your world behind and choose a different path. That can be really, that can be really hard for parents. Um, I know parents, I can think of them personally right now, who don't understand the choices that their kids or the directions that they've gone. Right. And, And they're trying to, they're trying to have acceptance and such. Yeah, and I think that a, a lot of parents suffer some sort of mourning. Mm-hmm. You know, I I work with kids with special needs, and I can think of a family who has one son who is gay and one son who has autism, and I and they have expressed their mourning mm-hmm. for the loss 
of it's the things that they'll never experience. Right. They will probably never have a grandchild. Right. Um, because neither, you know, one son is not in a place where he can. The other son has expressed a, a, no desire to do mm-hmm. so. And that could change down the road. But sure. that is something that that they have expressed is their loss, you know. And high school graduations and college graduations and all those things mm-hmm. that when you first hold your child, you think that you're going to experience. Right. And then you don't. Right. And um, I know we, uh, on the podcast one time, we talked about, you know, getting on an airplane and thinking you're going to Italy and then landing in (laughs) um, Holland and and having to all of a sudden shift your views, you know, and shift all the plans that you made for your trip. Um, But if all you do is mourn not being in Italy, you're never going to appreciate being in Holland. Exactly. And that's what happens. That's what I get to witness Mm -hmm. as I work with families of special needs kids as they navigate that shift and say, well, this isn't my life, but oh, this is my life. And look at the cool things that I get to experience. Mm -hmm. Look at the things that my child brings to the world that he or she wouldn't have brought to the world if he or she did not have these disabilities. And I get to... I, I get to watch kind of the whole process and be a part of the whole process. Mm-hmm. The process of mourning, the loss of the life that you right. thought you'd have. Right. And at the same time, the embrace of, of the life of the that new, you now new, have and yeah. the new normal. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I, that's, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, lots of places in life are kind of like that. Yeah. Where, you know, we're surprised things don't turn out the way we imagined or envisioned, and probably it's for the best. I mean, imagine if everything turned out the way you planned. Well, exactly. <laughs> Where are the, where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in that? Um, I remember when our kids were little, you know, my husband and I, like like you and your ex-husband, are, are artists, you know, and neither one of us were really involved in sports. My husband did play tennis for a little while, but we weren't, yeah, I, I did too. <laughs> we weren't really involved in sports. Um, and I, I was very uncoordinated and very clumsy, and I didn't run. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I couldn't do. And because I was six feet tall, there was a lot of people that assumed I would play basketball, basketball. or volleyball. Volleyball. And I'm like, ah, volleyball. Now, I wish I, I wish I had played volleyball. But um, I, because I have two nieces who have just thrived in that environment mm-hmm. and it's been so fun to go to those I'm games. A, I have a niece who played as well. Yeah. And so because we were very artistic, it was not super fun for us to go to watch our kid play soccer or to watch them wrestle or to watch them play basketball. That wasn't super like like we weren't the parents sitting on the sidelines mm-hmm. yelling at the coach. Yeah. Yeah. But we were always the parents who were there. Right. We were supportive. We encouraged. We made sure that they got to their practice. And we let all three of them figure out their direction Mm -hmm. for their life. Mm -hmm. And we gave them all the support that we could, which, you know, it's too bad we didn't have more money to send them to this school or that school or the other school. But we gave them all the support we could. And all three of them are basically artists. That's all. That's yeah. the path that all three of them have, you know, eventually on their own chosen. Mm-hmm. But that's not without them also 
playing basketball and soccer and wrestling and, right, right. you know, doing those kinds of things. Right. So it's fun to watch your kids become who they're going to be. Yeah, it is. And now my daughter, especially my daughter, she has built a family that is, you know, not her birth family, not her, not the kinds of people, I put that in scare mm-hmm. quotes, um, that she grew up with, but they are her people. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. it's so beautiful. And so today, like I see on Facebook, all of these people giving the most glowing, beautiful birthday wishes to my daughter. Right. Um, they had a birthday celebration on Tuesday night, so just a couple of days ago. And they celebrated her in a way that I could not be more proud of right, or right. more pleased. Right. Because we're not there. She lives in another state. But she has built this community that loves her and loves her hard. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And that's I, incredible. I, I think, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, family. And, and family isn't just, you know, your birth mom or dad or, or your siblings or aunts and uncles. I mean, I have relationships, deep relationships with people that I and I would consider them family. Yeah. You know, and, and that word can mean all different kinds of things. Yeah. You know, and um, I think for me, family, I've always what I've always dreamed of family being. Yeah. And I and I kind of I can't accept that it's not, which can get it can get me into trouble is safe. Mm -hmm. I want family to be safe. I want it to be a safe place where I can cry Mm -hmm. and not have somebody tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. And, and that's not to say I'm not wrong. I understand. I, I just want to be heard mm-hmm. and then and then told that I'm wrong. You know what I mean? I do. And I, I just want to be heard. And I keep believing that, oh, well, this is just a season of, right. of hardship that, you know, they're going to wake up and, and we're going to have a better relationship mm-hmm. or I'm going to wake up and we're going to have a better relationship. Right. Whatever the problem is, I keep believing this is just a season. But I just turned 60. This is not just no. a season. <laughs> this is not just a season. This is who these people are. And I, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I am having a hard time accepting that it's never going to be better than it is today, that this is the best it's going to be. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And that's hmm. hard for me. And it, I, sh- well, it's my like, husband's much better at just accepting. I was just going to say, I mean, some people don't like the phrase, it is what it is. Right. But, but there are some things in life where it, 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 it just is what it is. Yeah. You know, and, and. I don't think, though, that means, Liz, that you can't hope and still, re- still, I mean, if you're, if you're constantly hoping for something that is just never going to happen, then that's just a waste of energy. So right. ha- finding the balance between acceptance, but also having hope that something maybe could change, you know, and yeah. I don't know how exactly one does that. Um, I remember, and I, I do believe we've talked about this, that, you know, um, our friend Paul, mm-hmm. you know, he does these coaching classes and, and, you know, talking about the things that human beings need to be whole, you know, 
human beings that are functional and can add something good to the world and all those things. And and the number one thing on that list, I mean, there's the obvious things. You need to you need to sleep. You need you need water, water food. and food. <laughs> but but human beings beings need safety, mm-hmm. and we, we need safe places to be. That's physical spaces, but it's also emotional spaces with people where, like you just said, you can just fall apart and you can be safe. Right. And, you know, I have I have that with individuals right. where I know that I'm safe to to share if something shitty is happening or whatever. Right. Um, but but I don't know that I could tell you that there are like my whole family is safe or. You know, you know what I mean? Right, I do. Um, And so finding those places where you know you do feel safe, I think, is important. But what does that look like? I mean, for me, and I think you too, we're both, we both feel safe and comfortable on stage. On stage. And that's just a, it's a safe place. Even though sometimes it's an anxiety producing space. Yeah. For me, if I'm sitting there and I'm singing, usually... I feel pretty safe. Yeah. You know, I don't feel the 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 other shoe's going to drop or mm-hmm. something like that, when, you know, when I'm when I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And the other space for me where I feel that way is in my yoga studio. Wow. And I and I've just kind of figured that out in the last say month or two where it's just kind of dawned on me that wow, I go in there I don't feel judged. I don't feel like people are staring at me because I'm the old lady in there. I, you know, I don't feel, you know, I'm not the hot. You feel tw- unconditionally accepted. I'm not the hot 22-year-old <laughs> in my No, little, you're the hot 59 and 9 tenths. In my Lululemon <laughs> yoga pants. I, I'm not any of that. But I, but I do. I feel, I feel just completely safe in there. Yeah. Yeah. And. I don't really know anybody. Right. But a lot of times, you know, going into an environment like that for people feels intimidating because you have all these ideas in your mind of, well, I'm not going to be able to do that or I don't look right or I'm too fat to be in yoga clothes or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, that environment, for whatever reason, is is safe for me. So mm-hmm. I go there three times a week to a really super safe place. The rest of the time, not so much. <laughs> well, you know, and the, and the art community, you know, specifically theater, dance, music. Mm-hmm. If you if you blow it on stage, blow it right. big time. First of all, there's usually people around you that will help you get through mm-hmm. that that moment yeah. of blowing it. They'll they'll yeah. grab the mic and sing the notes for you or with you, or mm-hmm. they'll or they'll or cover something. the line or something. Um, but they'll also forgive you, mm-hmm. you know, forgive you and say, well, tomorrow's another, tomorrow's yeah. another show. We'll, better, we'll better do better tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. Don't suck tomorrow. Don't suck um, tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, I, I personally, see, this can get me emotional. I personally don't have that kind of forgiveness in any other place in my life. Yeah. Except the theater community. Yeah. And I try not to blow it, but when I do, I'm forgiven and I'm welcome back. Right. And there's a lot of my experience with church and my experience with family. 
Um, not every experience with church, not every experience with family, but, but so many of my experiences with church and family, because I think they're intertwined so yeah. closely. Well, for you, they are. For me, they because are. Because that was your whole upgrade. That was everything. And they're still, my family is still so plugged in to the evangelical church community that it no longer feels like a safe place. Right. But... I know that on both in both cases, I if I mess up, you're you're done. Right. You're judged. You're condemned. Right. You're I mean you are unforgiven. Right. And even though forgiveness is a is a foundational tenet of Christianity, it for some reason does not feel like a foundational tenet of familial mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so it's easy to forgive that, you know, that person that's in jail because you don't know them. You right. don't have, you know, oh yes, I'm going to go to prison ministry. Prison ministry is a big thing in the evangelical Christian church. Yeah. Yeah. And they will go and they will work with women who are incarcerated or men who are incarcerated. They will do art and music poetry and, and music and, <coughs> and they'll Excuse invite me. them to retreats, mm-hmm. you know, like people who have just gotten out of jail mm-hmm. will go to women's retreats and men's retreats. And we're just all going to rally around you. But there's no real, um, there's no real uh, cost to that, really, because if they blow it, eh, you can just wipe your hands and, well, I tried, right. and they blew it. They made a choice to walk away. Right. But when it's family, right, who you know wipes their hands and say, eh, "You blew it," and I'm walking away. Well, they're still family. You still have to go to the Sunday lunches. That's you right. still have to go to That's the weddings. Right. You still have to be part of the. Or I mean, I guess, I guess you could choose to not. Yeah. I mean, I. But I don't know that that's necessarily the healthy choice. Right. I mean, you know, there's a fine line there. I remember when I was in group. Um, well, I spent a good. 10 years of my life in a therapy group yeah. with uh, all women who all had, you know, kind of traumatic stuff happen in our, in our upbringings. And, you know, at a point there, there is a healthy place where you can say, you know what, I know you're my family member, but this is just toxic for me. Yeah. And I gotta, and, and I mean, and that kind of goes along with the same idea that just be, just because someone someone can be can feel more like family and they're not blood related at all. Right. And someone who is blood related can just be the most toxic thing. The the to- a toxic relationship and so those are those are hard decisions to make and I think they are on an individual basis but if there is somebody in your life whether it's blood related or not and I mean if it's toxic. Yeah. And you know, you I know, don't. I don't know how you discern that. You know what has just uh, come into my mind is that there's been so much um, anxiety for so many people about the COVID vaccine, and so many people who don't want it just say, "I'm not putting that toxic stuff in my body." Yeah, and yet they are also putting toxic media in their body. 
Um, and they don't see it as toxic. Mm-hmm. So they don't see Fox News as toxic. They don't see OAN as toxic. They don't see CNN. You know, they see CNN as toxic. Yeah. So they're not going to put that in their body, but they don't see this other thing as toxic. Right. They, you know, they see ABC as toxic, but they don't see Fox as toxic. And so somewhere along the way, they have made the decision as to what is toxic and what is not. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to put this toxic thing in their body, even though it could save their life. Right. But they're going to put this other toxic thing in our body, in their body. Um in, in the guise of a media or, uh, um, you know, Facebook groups mm-hmm. or, you know, that kind of a thing. And, you know, I'm not passing judgment on any of that. I'm just saying that we are weird. Humans are weird. Human, we're all messed up. <laughs> we're so messed up. And at some point along the way, we make decisions about what's toxic for us. And... And then we and then we stop there and we and we don't we don't open our hearts and minds to other things. So I have made a decision. I'm going to grab a tissue. I've made a decision that um, church is toxic for me. Yeah, it's toxic. You know, I've had too many bad experiences. I think that's a healthy choice to make, Liz. But I really do for you. For me, it is. But mm -hmm. what am I what am I missing out on? You know, is there some sort of beauty and health that I'm missing out on because I have decided that church, period, well, is toxic? Perhaps. Right. Because maybe it's a maybe it's that particular denomination and in that particular environment of church. Because there's other church environments that I I would bet you would find that weren't. Right. You know, but on the other hand, you're going to walk into an environment where you don't know anybody. And because really when it gets down to it, it's the people that are toxic. It's not necessarily, it's not church. Right. It's the people in the church. Right. Right. It's it's the humans. It's the human element that becomes toxic. The environment is the people. And, and so it's like, well, is there a congregation of people that, aren't toxic there probably are Mm -hmm. but you're not gonna know that so you're gonna walk into anywhere where you don't know them and it's not gonna be toxic at first right until you have the first run-in with somebody yeah you 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 know i mean and and toxic there's it's one thing to have a little something something with somebody it's another thing when the relationship goes to the word toxic yeah you know i mean i can honestly say when i was at bethel there was nobody toxic there were two people in there that I had little bumps with, uh-huh. right. you know, right. just little stuff. Right. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them in a toxic category. Yeah, you know. But there have been other places where I have been where there have been, there was a, a situation I was in when I first became a Christian and was first involved in a community, and there were there was a relationship that became toxic. Mm-hmm. That I had to step away from, right? Because I knew it wasn't right. What was going on wasn't right. Yeah, didn't feel right. And and I think the important thing to understand about toxic toxicity is mm-hmm. that the, the yeah. way to say yeah. it. I think is that um, what's toxic for me 
may be different than what's toxic for you. Exactly. If, if we just look at just the very, just food, for instance, you have a gluten intolerance. You can't deal with gluten the way I can. Me, on the other hand, I'm addicted to bread. So there we go. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> And so, you know, if just looking at our bodies and so to pass judgment on somebody and to say, you aren't giving church a chance, you aren't doing this, you aren't doing that, you need to do this, you need to do that. That's not fair because what's toxic for me may not be toxic for you based on your experience, your education, your, Mm -hmm. you know, emotional state. Mm -hmm. Um, Those three E's are what are what builds our opinions, you know. And so if you have um, an ability to to build your to build up your strength and your stamina for a certain environment and I don't have the strength right. or stamina to survive right. that kind of That's an right. environment yeah. there's there's no reason to pass judgment on me no. just recognize that I'm in a different place that I have a different level of tolerance for well, fill and, in the blank I mean, whatever and, that and, is and honestly Liz that goes also to this idea that <clears throat> All the body parts are important, you know? I mean, we all can't be tolerant and intolerant to the same stuff. Right. We all can't like and not like the same stuff, you know? Or that's The world would stop y- if yeah. everybody had the exact same talents and gifts. Then there wouldn't be people doing the other stuff. So right. if everybody was a coder, like you said, yeah. then who would be collecting our trash? Who would be... Who would be making the music? Who would be making the music? Who would be cutting our hair? You know right. what I'm saying? There's all kinds of, of things that we can look at like that. So, I mean, I think when it comes down to... I mean, for an example, would just be the war in Ukraine. That would be an example of nobody should be tolerant of that. Right. We should all be intolerant right. of what's happening in our world and in that you know, I mean, there are certain things where then it goes way to the extreme. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> what's happening in our world is absolutely heartbreaking. And it's hard for me, but I'm but I do have the I do have the ability to compartmentalize. Um, but I, I, I watch the news in the morning for five, ten minutes. I mean, and I and I see it, and I I see it, and it's not that I ignore it, but it's that I don't have anything that I can do, right, except for pray, right, and mm. and if an opportunity came where I could give money or I could help a family or something, I would, yeah, and and um, I mean, I think you can give to the Red Cross right now, and you mm-hmm. can and you can give to Rotary. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, right. And to support those causes. So, but I just have to continue on with my life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't stop right. doing what I need to be doing. Right. As heartbreaking as this thing is, I don't know what else to do but to keep going. I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing is to keep going with what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And before I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning, say my prayers. I don't, I don't know. It's, but again, uh, everybody just pray for peace. I pray for peace. And, you know, it's just, I mean, going back to our, to the birth stories, you know, and labor and delivery stories. 
every story is different. Every experience is different. But you can definitely learn from other women <clears throat> by hearing their stories. Yeah. And you can be prepared for your own birth story based on what you hear from other people. The same thing can be true about, uh, about politics. Mm -hmm. And I heard... Um, I heard, I saw a clip on the news the other day of Putin saying in Russian, the, according to the Holy Scriptures, you know, because they're Russian Orthodox there, and he has a, he has a, a, a conversion story that he tells about his own faith journey. Wow. And he said, you know, according to Holy Scriptures, there is no greater love than a man who would lay down his life for a brother. And so he's using this to defend Russians being killed yeah, in this, see, this war. Is, this is, this is, and, and the people in the audience just rose up and applauded him because he's using scripture and he's defending. And they don't know. They don't see because the They're, news yeah. is very curated yeah, yeah. in Russia. They don't see the innocent babies who are being blown up on the streets in Ukraine. So, but they do, they, this white Christian nationalism is very, very prevalent in Putin. And when you look at that and compare that to what has happened in our, in our own country, it is not hard to see. And you know, when I was growing up, um, and maybe after you became a believer, you got this same kind of indoctrination. But when I was growing up, I was taught to believe that taking the name, the Lord's name in vain is to cuss mm -hmm. and saying, God, damn it, mm -hmm. was taking the Lord's name in vain. I saw bumper stickers that said, damn it, isn't God's last name. Right. And, you know, we even saying gosh was mm -hmm. even was bad. was bad, right? But here's what scripture tells us is taking the Lord's name in vain. And that is using scripture to justify hate. Yeah. Amen. That is what taking the Lord's name in vain is. And when you use the Bible for a photo op, or when you quote Romans to justify keeping kids in cages. Right. Or when you stand up and say, there is no greater love that a man has for another man than to lay, lay down, down his, his life for a brother. That is using the Lord's name in vain. Satan did it to Jesus when Jesus was in the desert. And he said, hey, the scripture says. Right. And Jesus is like, yeah, well, the scriptures also say. And yeah. there's this little going <laughs> yeah. back and forth between Jesus and Satan, you know. And here's what to remember from that story. If any of you grew up, you know, understanding scripture, if any of you know scripture, when Jesus was in the desert being tempted by Satan for 40 days, here's what we learned from that. Satan knows the scripture better, if not, you know, then, as good, if not yeah, better. Well, yeah. not better than Jesus himself, but as well as Jesus himself. Yeah. He knows the scripture. And if you think that you can't be fooled into believing something based on scripture, all you have to do is go back and look at Jesus in the desert. Yeah. And you know what? He showed us how not to be fooled. Right, right. But we can be fooled because Satan is fooled. That's right. That's you know? right. And so um, anyway, I, I just think that taking the, if we just say, hey, taking the Lord's name in vain is not cussing. Right. It is bastardizing scripture to justify our own hate. Right. And, and, you know, we were talking about safety earlier. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how 
the people in Ukraine can feel safe at all. They don't. They don't. That's why they're leaving. And it's in and so I don't know how that all ties in to everything we're talking about today. Well, we've talked about many different things, but um, but I do think creating safe spaces. Uh-huh is the easiest way to build communication, to build understanding. Um, I get information on the daily um, via a uh, an email thread about what's going on in Ukraine. And it does not feel safe to me sometimes to get all this information. Yeah. And yet at the same time, I need to create a safe space for those people who are doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I need to make sure that they know that they can come to me right. and and express their heart and to pour out their sadness. Mm-hmm. And so I have determined to give them a safe space. Um, if, if people, I've been accused of not giving people a safe space to be anti-vax. Well, if you're on the list of people I don't want to lose, I'm probably going to be a little bit more grumpy about your yeah. unwillingness to be vaxxed. Yeah. If you're part of my friends and family group, I'm going to want you to be vaxxed because I can't lose you. Right. But I need to be reminded to give them a safe space to express their feelings and their heart about it. Right. About it. Right. And that can be hard to do when you are emotionally charged about a situation Mm -hmm. but I am reminded you know almost daily and people don't agree with Facebook being a safe space no for me it is it can be Mm -hmm. there are times when it's not but it can be safe because that is my community right you know right so many of my friends are in other parts of the country or involved in theater so we can't see each other because we're People are busy. Busy, busy. And, and so oftentimes connecting on Facebook, you know, is, it's, it's easier and more convenient. Yeah. And you can have contact with people that you wouldn't normally be able to have contact with. And like you're saying, safe people. Yeah. And I have blocked or unfriended people that I still care about, but who are just not safe. It's the toxic thing. It's the toxic thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I want to be a safe place, and I want others to to find their safe places as well, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe that's Facebook. Maybe it's a phone call to a friend. Yeah. Maybe, you know, but if your own home isn't safe, if your community doesn't feel safe, um, if for you, you have... You're, you know, toxic people and there's everybody around you is eating bread and you can't eat bread. <laughs> you know what? Walk away. Find other people who understand that you're not going to eat bread. That's right. <laughs> and so don't be around people who are going to shove it down your throat. End of discussion. Right. You know, right. you know. Yeah, so. I do. I do know. We should continue this conversation about safe spaces because we're out of time here. But yeah. I'm, I've thought of a couple other examples of things. So, yeah, I, I think it's really important to continue the conversation about mm-hmm. about safe space and what that looks like and whether or not we're a safe person. I, 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 exactly. Am I a safe Am space? Am I a safe space? Because it's got to start with me because if I'm toxic. Yeah. So we got to look inward first before we can kind of project outward exactly. about that. So 
Anyway, exactly. to be continued. To be continued, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, All right. You know what? Happy birthday happy, to our babies. Happy birthday happy to Happy Mother's beautiful. Birthday yep, yep, to yep, you yep. and to me. Yes, yes. All right. And, and yeah. we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Love Bye. you guys. Bye.